ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I'm your host, Janice Porter, and my guest this week is Harlan Hammock. Harlan comes to us from Atlanta, Georgia, and is a sought-after business and leadership coach, executive mentor, and thought partner. He has over 25 years of management consulting experience in the areas of organizational change and business transformation. He is also the host of a popular podcast called The Courage to Lead, of which I was a guest and I was very honored to be there. He interviews uh, entrepreneurs, business leaders, civic leaders, and industry thought leaders about courage and leadership. So welcome to my podcast, Harlan. Thanks very much. I'm excited to be here. Thanks. Thank you. So um, I understand that you are a pilot, a private pilot, and I didn't know that when I first talked to you. Do you still fly? It's it's a very expensive hobby. Um, I don't have my own plane, so I have to rent planes. Um, very expensive hobby. But years ago, my wife and I stopped giving each other gifts, things yes. as gifts, because things get lost, things get stolen, they get borrowed and never returned. So we started giving each other experiences because they last forever. So one year I gave her Corvette Racing School oh my out in Arizona. And yeah. uh, she gave me flight lessons. Oh, so that's, that's where it all started. started. Okay. And I know that in some of your work, and especially in your writing, um, you use um, flying and pilot analogies to talk about leadership, correct? Yeah. It's, it's always easier for somebody to grasp a concept if you can put it in simple terms that are unrelated. And then they can kind of make the connections themselves. So um, I, I wrote two books. My first book is called Flight Planning, A Pilot's Guide to Business Success. And it's based on the flight plan that I would file if I was flying outside of my local area, right? Starts with where I am right now, where I want to be, and how I plan to get there, and the checkpoints along the way. Mm -hmm. Same thing in business. Start with where you are, your strategic plan. Where are you? Where do you want to be? How do you plan to get there? And how are you going to measure your progress? Um, the second book is called Barnstorming, a pilot's guide to growing your business. You know, the barnstormers were pilots that came out of World War One. They loved to fly, but there were no flying jobs at the time. The uh, U.S. mail wasn't even using uh, the, the planes at the time. So, but they wanted to fly. So they kind of created their own niche. They created their own um, aerial circuses where they would go and do loops and, you know, barrel rolls and everything like that to thrill the crowds. Everything that they did to kind of promote themselves um, are things that we as entrepreneurs need to do in our business, right? We have to get out there and get our name out there, build these strategic relationships. Uh, we have to network with people to show them kind of what we're doing. There are stories of the barnstormers that would buzz the small towns, drive or fly right down the middle of the main street to draw everybody out of the buildings. And then they'd loop around and come back through again, dropping flyers saying, hey, come and see us out at so-and-so's farm. We need to be that um, courageous and get out and, and promote ourselves too. So I thought that was a good analogy to use. Mm -hmm. And you talk about, I, I heard you um, make a quote and I can't remember the quote actually, but it was, a, it was um, somebody 
I think it was your flight teacher, one of your trainers that talked to you about um, uh, something about what would you do if the, right, right. if the engine, am I on the right yeah. track? Yeah, yeah he, he did that one. We were flying around one day just on a, a little training mission and we're flying around and he said, what's that off your left wing? And when I turned to look out the window at the left wing, he pulled the power out oh on God. the airplane. So, you know, in the little planes, they're very loud in the cockpit. Well, suddenly the cockpit was silent and I was lifted out of my seat a little bit because the plane had stopped forward motion. <laughs> so my eyes were about this big and I turned to him and I go, what the heck just happened? And he said, you've just lost your engine. What do you do now? Very calm, big smile on his face. What do you do now? Well, I, there's a process you go through. And that's what he wanted me to think about is, you know, get back to our training. And in the training, it, uh, the mantra was aviate, navigate, communicate. So aviate means fly the plane, whatever's going on, you have to maintain the, the plane, right? Same thing in business. When something goes wrong, you, you still have to take care of your customers and your employees. So continue with business. Uh, navigate means know where you are, where you're going how far off track you are and what you need to do to get back on track. Um, and then uh, communicate. You have to communicate with people. If you're in the airplane, you have to let other people know kind of what's going on, what you plan to do. You send your mayday call. Here's what I'm uh, going to do, where I'm at. I'm going to land in this little cow pasture, whatever it happens to be. So if you keep that in mind, aviate, navigate, communicate, um, things will work out just fine. And they did that day. Um, I was able to do everything exactly the way I was supposed to. And here I am. There you go. Uh, yeah, but it's a great analogy. Aviate, navigate, communicate. So um, I know that your business has um, transformed or, or changed over the over time from perhaps being more corporate to now working more with um, entrepreneurs, smaller business owners, and so on. Was that by by design? Yeah. Yeah. As a consultant for about 25, 27 years, I used to get on a plane every Monday and fly out to a client site and stay there during the week and then fly home on Friday and basically do laundry and go right back out Monday again. So for 25, 27 years, that was my life, uh, was just traveling to the client sites, which I loved. But after getting on a plane that often, it's like, you know, I, I would rather stay home and not travel. And the, the piece of the consulting that I really liked was working with the executive uh, teams, helping them be better communicators, better decision makers, uh, more courageous leaders. And, uh, so I told my wife, I, I want to stop traveling and just focus on that. So I started networking around and working with small to mid-sized businesses to help them. A lot of the businesses, the small to mid-sized companies, the, the business owner is technically very good at what he does. Plumber, electrician, whatever it happens to be, mechanic, very good at what he does, but doesn't understand how to set up the structure of the business, um, hire and retain great employees, uh, read his financial statements, everything like that. So that's what I've been focusing on is to help them build that business that they always envisioned. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. been doing that for about five or a little over five years now. So one of the things as a small business owner and almost uh, in most cases, solopreneur, I would say, um, I find that I'm at a point where, and I know a lot of people like this, so that they're at the point where it's time to delegate some things away and to be, to step up that leadership role and, and not be so in the trenches anymore. But that is so difficult for people like me who are control freaks. So sure. how do you deal with us? What do you say? How do you well, make us those leaders at the next level? It is tough. It's hard for everybody, I think, you know, because especially if you've built up your business, to turn over a piece of it is like 
turning over a, a child here, you know, <laughs> take this child and raise it for me. Um, you have certain ways that you want things done. Most people look at uh, delegating as simply an act of getting things off your plate so you can accept more work, right? But really, if you use it correctly, delegating is a way of training up your leaders within your business. Use it as a training opportunity, learn, uh, use it as a learning opportunity for them to give them additional skills. Um, if they can do it 70% correctly, that's fine because you probably messed things up when you first did things. You learned by the mistakes you made. You have to, just like letting a kid ride a bicycle, you have to let them learn to fall, get back up and keep going, right? So delegate to them, show them how to do this, um, the purpose of why they have to do it this way, and then let them do it. Coach them through, you know, pat them on the head if they're doing it right, show them what they need to do if you expect something different, uh, but let them kind of learn their own way. And there's a, I was an apprentice at Lockheed Aircraft Company out in California. Um, and part of the apprenticeship program was working with a, a senior person to learn what they knew, right? Learn everything about the aircraft industry, learn what they did, and then show them, I have learned and I can do this. And I try to teach my clients the same thing. When you're delegating something to someone, use an apprentice type approach, show them how to do this task while they watch, take notes, show them how to do the task a second time and ask them questions. What do I do now? What do I set this dial to? How do I, you know, so they're reading back from their notes to make sure that they're accurate. The third step is let them do it while you coach them. And the fourth is let them do it while you watch. And if you can go through those four steps, show them four times, but in that order, by the fourth time, they've got it down pat, you're confident in their ability, they're confident in their ability, and you can let go. But you have to let go. You can't hold on. You can't delegate something to somebody and then look over their shoulder and watch what they're doing. You have to be able to delegate and hand it over. And that's great advice. Now, with, with again, solopreneurs and small business owners who don't have staff, now they're trying to find contractors, individuals to fill specific roles um, for them. So would you say when you go through that process or even halfway through that process, you might see this isn't a good fit. So go find somebody else because don't waste your time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you and if you're hiring somebody, a contractor, they may have skills that you don't have. You know, show them what it, what it is you do, the outcome that you want. But if they have that. another way of going about it, as long as they come up with the same outcome, right. it's fine. That's yeah. their process. Let them own their process. You own the result. They own the process. Yeah, that's a really good um, tip as well, because that's where I'm going through right now is, you know, I don't really know how to do that well myself. I know what I want it to look like. Mm -hmm. um, so give me some, some meat that I can say, that's it, right? Yeah, so, exactly. yeah, it's just, it's really interesting. Um, so... I know you've asked these questions and um, I would like to know from you, I'm going to take a little uh, reverse uh, thing here and ask you what type of courage is most important for a leader. And, the, and on the podcast, there are different types of courage we talk about. Right. Um, I, I believe intellectual courage is number one. Intellectual courage is, the courage to set aside your long-held beliefs, set aside the knowledge that you currently have mm -hmm. to make room for new knowledge. I think too many people are stuck in the way of, um, you know, this is the way we've always done it, or this is the way that I was taught. So that's all I know. Yes. And that's, that can hold you back. Definitely hold you back. If you have the courage to set that aside and say, okay, 
uh, employee. Here's what we want to get out of this. How can we make this better? They may come with up with all kinds of new ideas, you know, but you have to be courageous enough to listen and be open to hearing that. It, it doesn't mean that you've diminished in any way, right? Sharing your knowledge with somebody doesn't diminish your knowledge and, and blocking them could hurt your business. Mm-hmm. You know, if you say, hey, no, 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 this is the way I've always done it. We'll continue to do it my way. Be open to those new ideas. So to me, yeah, the intellectual courage, I think. The other ones are all important, right? There's moral courage, social courage, empathetic courage. Those are all important. But to me, it all comes back to the, the intellectual. Do you feel that, you know, you and I are, are seasoned business people. We've been around for a while. Do you find that it's harder for people in our generation to do that? Yeah. You know, that, that they don't yeah. want to let go. This has always worked for me. It's like um, they're afraid. They're afraid to, to let go. I think so. I mean, I've worked with clients uh, in the past that that was one of the things they they didn't, you know, they had a new person come in and they say, oh, they haven't been around long enough to know everything that I know, right? I've forgotten more than they will ever know. Yes, yes. Yeah. You're just holding them back and you're holding yourself back, you know? So I, I think that's that can hurt. And uh, I remember on one project, consulting project I was on um, up in Connecticut and at the end of the, the training that we were doing, there was one guy sitting there with his arms crossed, sitting back, wouldn't even touch his computer, right, for the training. So at the end of the class, I went over to talk to him and I said, what's going on? And he goes, you have ruined my entire life. And I said, okay, that's a little dramatic. How did I ruin your life? And he goes, I'm the most senior guy here in the warehouse. Everybody used to come to me to ask me questions because I know all the parts and all the part numbers by heart. I know all the customer numbers by heart. I know where everything is in the warehouse and people used to come to me. I was a big man on campus. Now you've put in this computer system. They all know computers better than I do. I am now finding myself having to ask them how to do things. He goes, you've pulled the rug out from under me. And he goes, I'm, I'm no longer that where I used to be. And he was devastated by it. Oh my goodness. You know, so it, you have to be able to embrace that change that's coming. You have to be able to open, be open to new ideas, you know, mm-hmm. learn something new. He probably could have picked it up, would have been just fine, but he was stuck. You know, this is what I know. And that's new to me. And that's scary. And, and here's where I want to stay. And, and he you, was you just can't be actually there. afraid to tell people until he did sure. tell you, which gave him that. Hopefully he went back and did embrace the change, but He's either that or he retired, right? One or the other. I think he left. I think he left, which is harmful to the business too, because he took all of his knowledge with him. Of course. And now they're having to learn all that over again. That's, that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. So can you think of an example of someone in the last five years that you've worked with that you saw that you were so proud of the, the courage they took to lead and how it changed their business? I'm sure you've got stories. Oh, yeah. Come to mind. Oh, I could tell stories forever. Um, <laughs> one lady that I, I loved working with, her name was Mary. She had a, a, a bookkeeping service that she started from her home and she had a couple employees and they were doing fine, but she wanted to grow. But she was uh, kind of limiting herself because she, you know, based her prices on which, what she thought her hourly rate should be. Um, she would also do most of the work. She did something really cool where she would be able to take your books, kind of forensic, you know, accounting, go through and see where everything was and how, set up your books, set up, you know, all your accounts the way they need to be. 
And then she would turn that over to one of her uh, bookkeepers to kind of keep up with things. And I said, well, have you gone out and got any new clients lately? And she goes, I'm so busy doing this. I can't go out and, you know, talk to clients. It's like, why don't you teach your underlings how to do this? She said, oh, they, they don't want to learn to do this. <laughs> you know, they don't, they don't want to do this stuff. It's like, Mary, talk to them, show them how to do it. Well, she did. She ended up asking one of the ladies, hey, I would like to know if you'd like to learn how to do, you know, this uh, accounting, you know, the girl was thrilled. She goes, I have been wanting to ask you and I've been so afraid. Well, once she taught the other girls in the office how to do that part of the bookkeeping, that freed Mary up to go do other things, right? Stop working in your business so you can work on your business. So she was able to turn that over to them. They've taken over now where you structure her pricing to where it's based on the number of accounts you have and checks you write and everything like that to know how much you know money you're going to spend. And then are they going to do the work for you? Or are they just going to teach you how to do it in QuickBooks or, or whatever it happens to be? Her business has exploded now. She has more people in her office. They just went into a brand new office space. Her client base has grown because she has more people now that can do that. And she's out actually uh, building the relationships. Right. And that's really what it's all about. When you're the leader, you should be out building the relationships. Right. The business. That's what I love to do the most. Talk to people and sure, build sure. relationships. Does your business um, grow and do you get your business mostly from referrals now? Absolutely. Absolutely. And even, I mean, if, if I was a, uh, I don't know, a manufacturer somewhere along the line, it's all about the relationships you build up with people, right? Um, none of us can live in a vacuum. We can't survive. So yeah, it's, it's all about building those relationships and not, not looking to what can I get from this relationship? What can I give? How can I help support you? And a lot of times when you start off with that support, you know, how can I help you that the other person wants to reciprocate? You know, I'm fine, but how can I help you? And then the relationship grows. So, yeah. Yes, and I, I think that I'm always teaching people as well that it's it's not about always about building those relationships to a point, but then it's about nurturing them and not forgetting about them when you've done the, the today's business with them, because that's how you nurture the referrals coming from them is if you stay connected and um, keep that relationship going with them. At least that's my take on it. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Um, so I know that you're about to embark on a very new venture, a life adventure with your wife. And I, I can't not talk about that double negative, but I can't not talk <laughs> about it because I'm fascinated and it feels so far removed from anything I would ever do. And basically I'd love you to share with me, with my audience, um, how this came about and what it, is in a in a title is digital nomading. So tell us about what's going to happen. Well, like I said earlier, my wife and I started giving each other experiences, right? We're into experiences. We yes. love to travel. Um, that's something we've always loved to do. COVID kind of put a, a little tweak, a little bend in that. Um, but we started thinking the other day, my niece and nephew live out on the West Coast, out in California. Um, they both were working remotely and they thought, we could travel, you know? So they started traveling. They're staying in Airbnbs all over the West Coast and, and Arizona area and all around. And my wife and I were talking and it's like, my wife is still consulting. Everything she's doing is remotely. They don't have offices now. Everybody does everything over Teams or Zoom meetings. Mm -hmm. My coaching and consulting is all online right now. It's like, you know, we could be sitting on a beach right now. We could be in the mountains right now. So we talked about it. Uh, financially, we're in a good position uh, where we are. So we decided, you know what? 
with the uh, housing market the way it is, we can probably pull a lot of equity out of our, our house. So we have it up for sale. Uh, we will downsize to one vehicle and pack that vehicle with the clothes we're going to wear and our computers. And off we go. And store everything else. Everything else is going in storage or for sale, or we've donated a lot of stuff already uh, to local charities. And we're just going to downsize and just go. We can do our work from anywhere as long as we have an internet connection. So some people call it location independent. Some people talk about the digital nomad. Um, but a lot of times when you hear digital nomad, you're thinking of the 20 somethings with the backpack going across Europe, right? And looking for well, online. I think it used to be, but now, like, how many people do you know that have moved yeah. to Costa Rica and still doing business? Or sure. Dominican I don't know. I There's the young ones in my uh -huh. mind, but yeah. Yeah. But you can a lot of, as long as we have a, a, an internet connection, we can do our work from anywhere. So we decided why not do it? Are you going to stay in this in the United States for now? For now, we will. Yeah, um, we have a couple commitments that we have to be kind of local for. Um, but we're going to start off down in Florida. Then we're heading up the East Coast, um, up into the Boston area to visit a friend. We're going to head out to the West Coast where my daughter is, and uh, yeah, to spend you know a month, six six weeks, eight weeks. Um, in each location and then off somewhere new. Very cool. It's very cool. I think my daughter does a little bit of that actually without realizing it right now because she's um, she's here for, she was here for Christmas. She's still here for the month of January and she's nice. doing, you know, she has a big job that she does remotely really too. Mm -hmm. And where they used to be uh, flying in person to do presentations, just like the rest of us are not. So she's able to sort of be in different places and we love having her here. So, Absolutely. Cool. Um, so I have a couple of questions I like to ask my um, podcast guests that, um, first of all, I wish you well on that experience. And I was just going to say, are you going to um, maybe write a book about it? Maybe you're going to, are you going to, you know, uh, log what you're doing and yeah. who knows? Yeah. Uh, as we were talking to my niece and nephew, there's a lot of things that we were asking them questions about. They were kind of helping us get our, our ducks in a row. Mm -hmm. And uh, we thought, you know, most of the information on digital nomads are for people who are going outside the country. So how to get your visa set up, how to get your passport together, how to travel. We're staying uh, domestic right now. Right. And there is not a lot of information on domestic nomads. So we are putting together a website and we're going to have a blog and we're going to have uh, Instagram posts and everything about our experience. We're going to start, you know, bringing people in and talk to them about their experience so we can start getting that information out to everybody. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. That will be that will be very good. Um, OK, so I like to ask a couple of sort of random questions. And one of them my, is, first of all, do you have a favorite quote? that comes to mind mm. or like a go-to person that you like to quote? I, yeah, there are so many quotes that I like. Um, one, and I believe it's Ralph Nader said that, uh, in paraphrasing, because I don't have it right in front of me, but he said that the, the role of a leader is to build more leaders, not more followers. And I really think that's what we should be doing is helping to build more leaders. There are plenty of followers in the world. We don't need any more followers. We need good, strong, conscientious leaders. And when I heard you say that, it made me think of leading from not behind, but below, like supporting people as opposed to leading from up here. Because there's, there's a difference, yeah. right? Some people. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, 
And another favorite question, my most favorite, um, my word that I love is curiosity. So I like to ask people this two-part question. Number one, do you believe that curiosity is innate or learned? And part two, I think I probably know the answer, but I might not. Um, what are you most curious about these days? Interesting. In either order. I think, I think we're born curious. I think it's kind of nurtured out of us. <laughs> I remember as a kid growing up, uh, my parents saying, why do you ask so many questions? Right? <laughs> yes. And I, th I think you do. You start kind of pulling back from that. I think we are naturally curious. I think you can learn to be more curious. I am curious. That's one of the reasons I started the podcast, because I love talking to people, asking their stories. Um, yeah. And I, uh, curiosity for me, I, I love um, space and space travel and exploration of all kinds. Um, so I've been watching a lot of uh, podcasts and, or videos and everything related to space travel, Neil deGrasse Tyson and, and some of those folks, um, just to learn about you know, what's out there, what we're learning. We're, it seems like every time we turn around, we're learning something new about ourselves, about our, our universe. And I love that stuff. Do you want to be one of those people that goes up to space? Sure. <laughs> I think you do it quickly. I, I know it takes months now to get to Mars. Uh, yeah. And, and years and years and years to get to any of the closer stars and stuff. But yeah, I would love to go up, you know. I have a friend who um, actually is on the list for Richard Branson's. Um, wow. Uh, what's it called? His company? Oh, Virgin. Yeah. Yeah, the Virgin Galactic. Galactic. Yeah, so he paid two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to be one of those people, and he wow. would, he was at the the blast off when mm -hmm. Richard Branson did the first flight. He was nice. there and met the other people that are going to be going. I mean, he's he's he is also a huge adventurer. He is a helicopter pilot as well. Nice. Like has his own heli had his own helicopter he had a bit of an issue a uh, weird thing that happened to him and it crashed but he um it was a weird story but anyway yeah that he's all about that and risk taking nice. and everything so he's yeah and he writes about that a lot and it's um yeah i hope it happens for him because it's nice that'd be great yeah when you have um when you have the opportunity and the and the wealth to do those those things, I guess sure. like you the adventure thing is the most important. So that's what he's absolutely. Um, absolutely. We we tell all of our friends. We've told my mother in law, die broke, die broke. Don't save your money. Go out and live. Do things while you can. My wife and I love to travel because at some point we're not going to be able to. Yeah. So go out and do things. Do everything you can. Learn. Uh, try new foods. New experiences. Why not? Yeah, exactly. And, um, and meet new people, right? Along the Absolutely. way. That's what's so sure. fun for me is to see people in their own environments and learn about different people. So I find that amazing. Now, I, I didn't ask you this before, but do you have any grandchildren? No. Okay. So that's been a new experience for me. Um, having a granddaughter and she's two and a half now. And what I'm noticing nice. is how, you know, I, I was a teacher in my former mm -hmm. life. And, and so I'm always teaching, but I love watching the, the stages that she's going through and how she's learning and picks things up so quickly. And that to me is um, learning all over again, what it takes to, you know, 
to communicate with people and to learn from people because you learn the most from these little people. These oh, little yeah. people, they're just amazing. <laughs> anyway, I just thinking that last night she was here and she was destroying our house with, um, she needs to jump and move and always be in, in motion. And so the cushions are off the couch and she's got her whole <laughs> pathway of how she's going to jump. And my older daughter, who was uh, the one that's traveling is here. And every time they're together, it's, it's chaos. So she was teaching her how to somersault off. The- <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, but so fun because she picks it up so quickly. Sure. Again, I digress. Um, so I wish you well with your new adventure of digital nomading. And I'm going to ask you, I imagine you're still going to be um, working with leaders in different capacities and doing your consulting. So what would your, um, your advice to my audience be about the courage to lead about becoming that leader that you want to become and in your own business what would you say to my audience Hmm. courage a lot of people that i've had on the podcast have said what i do is not courageous well it may not feel like it to you but to people looking on having the courage to stand up and talk in front of people is courageous having the courage to start your own business is courageous having the courage to stand up to your boss and say no is courageous, right? So everything you do is courageous. Somebody is watching. Um, and so the, 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 the better uh, you can be um, with people, uh, building those relationships um, and, and showing them that, you know, you're standing up for yourself and, and being courageous in those different areas. Like I said, there's uh, social courage is saying uh, what needs to be said when it needs to be said, even if it's unpopular moral courage, doing what's right, even if that's not the, the best thing or could be detrimental to you, but do what's right. Mm-hmm. Um, spiritual courage, uh, physical courage, and of course, uh, intellectual, intellectual courage. Those are all important and uh, just do it. I mean, you only get one opportunity. You know, every, I saw a quote the other day that said, you know, uh, you only live once. And somebody said, no, you only die once. You live every single day. So make sure you're living every single day and be courageous. I love that. That's a perfect place to end. And I thank you so much for your time and for your expertise and, uh, and just for being here with me. And I wish you well on your next journey and adventure. And um, let's stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.